come on, come on. It's already, it's already, what? It is already all right. Why? Because this is not live. It's Memorex. It's already been recorded. We've already come out the victors and not the doggone me victims. You're tuned in and locked in right here to your number one inspirational morning show in the country. The whole doggone me thing. It is the Keep the Morning Moving Morning Show. I am your happy host, Jerry P. Beasley, broadcasting live from the historic KCOH Global Studios on the corner of Alameda in Wichita, smack dab in the middle of what some call Midtown, others call Third Ward. I simply call this thing home in the glorious, magnificent, awe-inspiring city of Houston, Texas, and all over the world. And I mean that when I say that. Via KCOHradio.com, KCOH TV The Boost, TuneIn app, Alexa, BBC Global, OS, you name it, Spotify, Facebook, on the Keep the Morning Moving Morning Show page, you can listen to this show. If you missed this show live, you can listen to it recorded. But it's good when you come in here live. And you guys are coming in here live from all over the world. And you know I love you and I appreciate you for tuning in, logging in, and staying in with us on today. Now, let's get to the Word of God this morning. It's coming from Matthew uh, 13, 24, and 30. And it reads... And another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. But while the man slept, this enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servant of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, least while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. Let me say that again. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And then at that time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them up in bundles. And to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barns. He said, let them both grow together until the harvest. Ever heard the saying when people say, oh, they didn't made it now. They didn't got what they needed to get. And they just successful now. They didn't let everybody go. He said, let them grow together until the harvest. Uh, the wheat and the tear. But sometimes wheat has become tear, and you're wondering how did that happen. And he said, an enemy has planted some tear among the wheat. Have you ever connected with people in the beginning? You thought they were cool. You thought they were your ace, coon, boom. And then all of a sudden you start hearing some things, and you start seeing some things, and you start paying attention to some things and you realize, oh, Lord, <laughs> this is some tear. He said, don't you go tear up the relationship. Stay in me. Let it grow together. And then at the appointed time, the harvest time, I will do the separating. Because if you're not careful, you'll end up separating the wrong thing because you could have misread it, got ill-informed. Anything could have happened. And if we take it in our own hands then we can separate something that was supposed to be connected. And we too can separate ourselves from someone or something that we're supposed to be connected to. That's why it's important, as I always say, and this show is going to always talk about it, is to know the voice of God for yourself because you'll end up cutting up what was the thing that was supposed to bless you, uprooting it. And I pray this prayer on a daily basis. I say, God, pluck up and plant. All at the same time. So when I see things getting plucked up, I ask him also to guard my heart because I love and I love deeply. 
Guard my heart. When you start plucking up stuff that it don't hurt my heart. Because now I know when I ask him to pluck it up, it's a reason he plucked them up. It's a reason they're not there or I'm not there or we're not together. It's a reason for it because he sees what came into the harvest, what came into the field, what the enemy did. There are things that will try to throw the rock and hide their hand. That's what tares do. They throw rocks and hide their hand. They come in and they cause division and strife. You were cool until you heard some foolishness. I heard something a couple of weeks ago. A young man told me about a friend of mine. Was a friend of mine. I'm going to say it like that. Was a friend of mine. And he said she was asking this and asking that. It was just a lot of messy confusion. And I'm glad that I took time to speak to the young man and that he trusted the God in me enough to tell me, listen, I don't know why they were asking me all these questions, but I felt uncomfortable and this, that, and the third. And I said, oh, my, ain't that something? And I never said I heard you did this, that, and the third. But I'm telling you, when the harvest coming, 2022, we're not speaking on that capacity any longer. Nobody's mad. Nobody's hurt. But he plucks up and plants all at the same time. When he knows that there's a tear, he will pull that tear up at the appointed time. Don't you dare try to do it yourself. He's skilled at this. He also knows that everything attached to you and assigned to you will win. And he doesn't want the wrong things attached and assigned. Well, he wants them assigned but not attached to you. When it's your winning season. He does it at the right time, his time, the harvest time. When he's taking you to different places, doing different for you. He knows who and what and what not is supposed to be there. So that takes the sting out of it when you say, Lord, you pluck up and plant all at the same time. And you keep growing. And you keep growing. And you keep growing. Because everything attached to you wins. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come to you on today and I say, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you are a God that loves your children. Thank you, God, that you're able to see what we cannot see. Thank you, God, that you're able to do what we're afraid to do. Thank you, God, that you're so loving because you trust us, God, because you put something in us, God, and you need us to get to the other side untangled. God, we give you glory today. You saw what we couldn't see because you sit high and you look low. You sit at a better position, able to see from a better angle. You see every nook and cranny, God, everything we might have missed you've already seen it and for that God we give you glory so God we thank you today God that we grow together with the wheat and the tear and when the harvest come you do the separating God and we give you glory for that God because you don't and cannot make mistakes we give you glory God that we are walking according to your will your purpose and your way we thank you today that we decrease so you will increase that we move out of the way and say Lord have your way because you are the way Thank you for going before us and making crooked places straight and rough edges smooth. Thank you for touching the hearts and the minds of your people, God. Take them out of the spirit of captivity and allow them to know that they've been free in you. Loose to do what you called them to do and be all that you have called them to be. And everything assigned to them shall win. For when it's our winning season, God, everything that's connected wins as well. So, God, we give you glory for that, God. We give you glory that you know what's best for us 
even when we don't. We give you glory that you're still healing bodies, you're still renewing minds, and you're still restoring hearts. We give you glory today, Father God, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, and every tongue that would rise up against us in judgment, we shall utterly condemn. We give you glory today if you be for us, who dare be against us. We give you glory today, God, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We thank you today that your divine will and purpose is being done for your children. And we thank you today, God, that you are the perfect farmer and you know what's what when we don't. Now, at least we be rude, we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Son. And good morning, Holy Spirit. You are welcome in this place. You're welcome in this radio station. You're welcome over these airways. You're welcome in our homes. You're welcome in our cars. You're welcome on our jobs. You're welcome in our schools. You're welcome under the freeway, and you're welcome under the alleyway. You're welcome in the nursing home, and you're welcome in the ICU room. You're welcome in the living room, and you're welcome in the bedroom. You're welcome in the jailhouse, and you're welcome in the crack house. And Lord, you're definitely welcome in the White House to pluck up and plan all at the same time. From the White House to the church house, right on back to our house. Anything that need not be pluck it up and anything that should be planted and God while you're looking and planning please go ahead and reveal and deal with every plot plan scheme and trick of the enemy every tear that we thought was weak you reveal it and you deal with it God at the appointed time and for that we give you glory because we know when we trust you we know when we obey you when we know when we keep on growing like you told us to do we shall win and everything attached and assigned to us shall win too so we give you glory God you know what's best when we don't. In Jesus' name, we just prayed that thing. Get up and trust him. Get up and trust him. Get up and trust him.
came to tell somebody up in here tonight that there's something on the inside of you that's going to help you win in this season. And it's called a champion. You better open up your mouth and shout, I am a champion. Everything attached to you wins. I said everything attached to you wins. Can you point to your neighbor and tell them? Everything attached to you wins. Come on, let's sit Everything attached to you wins. Just tell them, say, it's your win to see. It's your win to see. If God got the carrot, if God got the carrot, that's what he's going to do tonight. Because you can't afford to lose again. You can't afford to lose again. winning season and everything attached to you and assigned to you wins. That's why he had to do some plucking. That's why he had to do some cutting up. And you wonder why. And he says, don't you touch it because you're going to touch the wrong thing. Don't you try to uncut yourself because you might uncut yourself from something you need in the next season. God sees all, knows all, and has all. And that's a beautiful thing. So when we pray, Lord, pluck up and plant all at the same time, we don't have to ask why. What happened? Maybe this, maybe that. No, it's your winning season. And he did it right at the right time, at the time of harvest. They said I changed. Maybe they were just jealous because they didn't change. Maybe they were ashamed because they didn't change. Maybe they were disappointed in themselves that they remained the same. <laughs> yeah, I changed. 
like anyone with ambition will remain the same. Yeah, I changed. I changed everything but my name. I wasn't born a miracle to be average. I have absolutely no desire to fit in. No desire to conform to anyone's wishes. But I have every desire within myself to improve myself. Every day. Every hour. Every minute. They'll say you didn't have enough time for them. <laughs> well, maybe they weren't worth your time. They laughed at my dreams and my goals. <laughs> well, maybe they were embarrassed because they didn't have any. Maybe their dreams were really nightmares. Maybe their lives was really just a horror story. They said that I was arrogant. Maybe they just hated my ambition. Maybe they were too ashamed because they had none themselves. Maybe I reminded them of what their weakness is. They said I wouldn't make it to the top. Listen, they said I couldn't make it full stop. They said I would fail, that I would fall, that, that, that no one would believe in me. They gave me so many reasons. But they forgot to ask about my desire. They never asked about my willingness to sacrifice. They never asked if I was willing to do whatever it took to make it. Maybe if they did, they would have kept quiet. Or maybe they wanted to ensure they had someone to sit with them at the bottom of the mountain. You know, with the majority of the people that didn't put in the work. Those who didn't have the courage. Those who didn't have the drive. Those who didn't have the will or the passion to fight for their dreams. To sacrifice or even to conquer. Maybe they were afraid. Because they didn't have what it takes. What it takes to keep up with my drive. To go toe-to-toe -to -toe with my passion. You know, they say that you'll never make time for them. Well, maybe you only make time for the people that are worth your time. And since there's a lack of those type of people, maybe they're not that type of person. You know, somebody once told me, it's better to be hated for what you are than to be loved for what you're not. You know, it's better to walk alone and be successful than to walk with those that are wandering aimlessly through life and end up in the middle of nowhere. But it's okay, because when my circle got smaller, my drive got bigger. When my circle got smaller, my vision got larger. When my circle got smaller, my circle got stronger. The proof is always in the pudding. You can't fake results. I move on without them. I know I'm stronger. I know I'm better. I know that I'm greater. Without them, it's a blessing. Without them, I keep on growing, moving forward. I'm constantly on the move without them. You're not a puddle. Stop letting them walk all over you. You're not a doormat. Stop letting them wipe their dirt on your face. You're not below them. Don't let them look down on you. Listen, stand tall, walk strong, and hold your own. Listen to me. There's no one above or below you. There is no one that is superior or inferior to you. You must always remain hungry. Don't ever, ever lose your passion or your compassion. Listen to me. You have enormous drive, but don't lose your humility. Put yourself in their shoes, but don't live in them. Live your life. Let them live theirs. Go after your dream and let them decide their own fate. You said that I would never make it in life. 
You said I would fail. You said that I would humiliate myself. I didn't have it in me. I was no good. I wouldn't succeed. You said I was weak. You said I was not strong. I guess they didn't know what I knew. That I would make it, maybe not immediately, but absolutely and definitely. between winning or losing, the difference between those who do it and those who don't make it in life, and listen to me, it isn't about talent. It isn't about any type of magical formula. The difference is character. It is your human spirit. And if you're going to make it in this world, living out your dreams or living out your nightmares, it is completely up to what you do. It all comes down to you. It's a we win Wednesday. It all comes down to you, me, all right, what we going to do. He said, let the wheat and the tag grow together. And at the harvest, he'll do the separated. The only person you can't do without is him, huh? And it's a good thing to know he'll never leave us nor forsake us. But that's where your focus is. I can't do without his love in Jesus' name. Let's keep it going. Good morning to you, Tanya Griffin in Sacramento, California. Thank you for tuning in to the Keep the Morning Moving morning show. Come on for this inspirational infusion. I don't want to lose your love. The only person we can't afford to lose is him.
That's what we got to have. We got to have him. Amen. Because he alone is important. And the people that he sends in our life, they're important too. But I'm telling you now, you don't ever want to lose his love. You don't ever want to lose his presence. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But there have been times. Have you ever felt like, where are you, Lord? Huh? He said, I'm here. You just got to keep trusting me. And he said, even though things happen and people change and things happen, people are going to change because we're supposed to change. Who, who stays the same and grows? How does that happen? Huh? Who? He said, don't you go out there trying to do nothing. Let the wheat and the tear grow together. And at the harvest, I'm going to do the separating. Because he knows what's best for us when it's best for us. We don't have to question that. We just have to trust his process and go along with what he knows is for us. We need his love. His love is important. And those that are connected to his love, show his love. 
and we continue to just love on one another. It's a great day. I want to say good morning to Karen Washington today, listening in in Chicago. Thank you so much for hitting us up on KCOHradio.com. For those who want to hit us up and leave a quick message, you can do that. KCOHradio.com and go into the chat section, and we're there. All right? So appreciate you out there in Chicago, Karen Washington on today. She wants to hear some Tim Bowman Jr., and the song is Your Love. Here it goes. And a good morning to you once again. The time is now 842. 
Central Standard Time. You're tuned in to the Keep the Morning Moving Morning Show, and I am your host, Jerry P. Beasley. So delighted, got a guest on today. I'm sorry that I totally forgot, but I'm glad she called in because she's got some valuable information that I want to pass along to my listening audience today that I know will be very helpful and insightful. Her name is Mary Tell Timas, and she wrote a book called Hashtag Keep Going. She was a 15-year-old teenage mom struggling, and now she is a successful entrepreneur, and she wants to tell you that you, too, can win. Good morning to you, Mary. One second. Mary, you there? Okay. Now, I, I pray we're not having the same problem that we had on yesterday, but I'm going to wait on Mary to call in on today. And then we're going to get this situation fixed in just a moment. Mary, are you there? Yes. Okay, good morning. Good morning to you, Mary. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Jerry? I am fantastic. Listen, I've got word that you are, you know, killing the streets out there with this new book that you just wrote called Hashtag Keep Going. And it is so many things that have happened in the past two years so many people, they call it the big resignation. They are leaving their jobs, and they're finding things of their interest that they can do and they can do well. And I think you know a little bit about that. I do. Yeah, there's so many people that want to become entrepreneurs right now. Mm -hmm. As a result of the great resignation, they're kind of looking around their life and thinking, I think that this could be better, or I think I could do better. And so they're kind of trying to figure out that path forward. Now, let me ask you, you started out at 15 years old. You were a single mom. So 15 already is a young age to have a baby. How was that mm -hmm. for you? Uh, it was certainly challenging and definitely one of the most defining moments of my life because before that, I didn't care about school and failed miserably and was even tested for special needs because I was such a bad student. Mm. And then after I had the baby... I had extreme focus. Like, I really didn't want us to become another statistic of teenage pregnancy. And so just started out on this mission and had this really clear vision mm -hmm. of what not becoming a statistic would look like and then getting after that. Okay, so how does one sit down? As you said, you had the baby. Now, you could have went another way. You could have become a statistic. You could have, you know got yourself involved in a lot of assistance and things of that nature and become comfortable with that. But what was the driving force and what was the, uh, the like the aha moment for you to say, you know what, I can do better than this? You know, out of the gate, I rejected welfare, even though I needed it. I was like, I'm not going to do that. I can do this on my own. And then, of course, quickly learned, oh, this is really expensive and I have to have it. So I was initially on Arizona's welfare program, but did not accept cash assistance, didn't accept all the benefits because I never wanted to be that comfortable. I just wanted to survive and hurry up and get myself to whatever was next. So I was always looking around and thinking, this has to be better. I see other people living really great lives and even though this is my starting point, I'm pretty sure I can get myself over there. And so at a young age, just started noticing the gap between what I wanted and where I was, and then just started writing plans to close that gap one thing at a time. Okay, so were your parents involved or were you on your own 
at this particular time? My parents were involved. They allowed me to live in the house. They were awesome. They also said, we will never do anything to help you get to doctor's appointments, to get qualified for welfare, to pay for diapers if you're going to use regular diapers. We'll, we'll pay for it if you use cloth diapers. But outside of that, you can live here and there's food for you, which is a phenomenal support, right? So I appreciated that. But because they didn't help with anything else, it's probably one of the best things they could have done to really help me accept the full responsibility of my decision. So with that being said, because I would be like, what you mean? You know, <laughs> I need help, help. So that is great help to get the food, to get the shelter. But you said they were not going to pay for diapers. Was the father involved? Your, your, your so, baby's father. Yeah, so he was involved um, initially. Well, his, his response, and this is the first chapter of my book, he, his response when I told him that I was pregnant was, I'll just punch you in the stomach. It's a free oh. abortion. Oh, my And so you can imagine he wasn't really a great figure in the picture. And I kept trying to keep him involved, and it was sort of forced. And by the time I was 17, I just got him out of the picture. And I never put him on the birth certificate because I was never delusional that he was going to be some sort of knight in shining armor. So. Wow. Okay, so was there a school involved? Did you have to drop out of school? So I stayed in school. I, I stopped for a period of time to have the baby, but then ultimately got caught up in morning classes. And so I got myself all the way caught up, but then realized, even though graduation was right around the corner, I'm like, this is this is too slow. And as soon as I graduate, then I'm going to have to go to four years of college, and then I'm probably going to have to go to more college to get to the life that I see. And that was just too long and too slow for me. Mm -hmm. And so I dropped out and said, you know, there's got to be a better way. And fortunately, at that time, my dad had just purchased uh, an insurance agency that he was working in. And, and I was a receptionist at a car dealership. And he said, if you can be a receptionist over there, you might as well come over here. And that was sort of our first exposure into entrepreneurship. Okay. So let's go from being a 15-year-old single teenage mom to now a successful entrepreneur with a very successful book just coming out today called Hashtag yes. Keep Going. How, what was the creative spark in your mind? What did you find in you that you could do that other people would want? Well, the entire time through my entire journey, I was always imagining that there have to be other people that are experiencing what I'm experiencing. And so I'm going to learn how to overcome how to get through, how to push forward, how to carve out something different. And then I'm going to turn around and teach as many other people as I, as I can mm -hmm. how to do that. And so it's always been my motivation, sort of learning all of this so that I could help other people. So last year, we sold our family business for $16 million. I exited the business a year prior to that and decided that now's the time. So it was actually before covid um, and then I, I started a new business right at the start of COVID. Okay, now, how was that for you? Because that could be quite scary. You have this new business oh, yeah. you just started, and now everything looks like, okay, it's shutting down. It's a wrap. Such a great question. And so when it was happening, I did what everybody else did and was just obviously, like, freaking out, like, what, what's going on? 
And then I went back to center and said, wait a second, like, I'm really good at overcoming hard stuff. Mm. This is just more hard stuff. So what's the pattern or the rhythm or the, you know, the things I noticed before? And I immediately turned around, got grateful, and then started saying, okay, what can I do to help other people? Because of everybody, I think I have the capacity to help other people, and that's that's why I changed my focus too. I was talking to someone on yesterday and we were talking about Laura Rutledge. She has a show here. And we were talking about that very thing that really it's, a, it's the service to others that actually is the pathway to success. When you find 100%. that you, when you have something that you can offer to others, it really makes you successful when you become a service because mm-hmm. now you're relevant in what you do because everybody needs something. And you may have that something that we need. So what is that something that Mary has that the world needs? Um, I think it's the example of what's possible. (laughs) You know, being that example of possibility is definitely something that I consider a purpose of my life. Mm -hmm. But also having built a business from being an administrative assistant, making my way through every seat in the company all the way up to the CEO, and then now... In my day job, what I do is I'm a business coach for other businesses, for entrepreneurial companies. And so I just feel like my value, what you were just talking about, the value that I bring to the world is real world experience. I'm just a normal person that figured some stuff out. And then I just turn around and share with others, how do you do the same thing if that's something that you want to do? Now, you said that you started working for your dad's company, which was a car dealership, correct? No, it was an insurance company. I was working at the dealership okay. when he bought it, and he was like, come over here. Okay, and so when he sold the, the insurance company, you started doing your own thing, correct? I actually started before that. So I discovered in 2019 that I had hit a ceiling personally in our own family business. It was extremely difficult to make the decision, as you can imagine, building a company for 22 years and then walking away from it. And because I left, and because of a couple other things, it it really spurred the transaction the following year, which ends up being the best thing for my whole family because I built the business with my twin brother. Mm -hmm. And so it was a great event for all of us, and the, the business is in good shape now. Okay, and what exactly is the business? So it's a Medicare and long-term care insurance agency. Mm -hmm. And the thing that is so funny about that is that that was my opportunity. And what I want to tell other people is what is the opportunity that's in front of you right now? Medicare insurance is not sexy, (laughs) but it's the opportunity. And so there, you know, I saw this at Target one day. Mm -hmm. There was a sign and it said, Bloom where you are planted. And I bought it. And I have it on my wall still because I'm like, that's what I'm trying to say. Where are you right now? And what's the opportunity to learn as many skills as you can learn there, to build as big of a network as you can, to, you know, climb the ladder, and then go from there. Now, I like that because as the... As the CEO here at the radio station, I tell the young journalists and radio announcers that you have to take every effort to make your platform work for you. 
learn mm -hmm. and grow and sharpen your own tool and your own gift so you can advance not only within this company, but you can advance in your own thing or desire of what you want. So you did that in your father's company. You advanced, you learned. And when you talk about Medicare and insurance and what you guys got as a business, and you say that's not sexy, it doesn't sound sexy whatsoever. <laughs> it sounds like work. And for somebody yeah. who was a 15-year-old mother and had to drop out, how did you learn all this information to become successful now? I was just so hungry. It's funny. One of my uh, favorite songs I listen to in the morning is sort of my priming routine. It's Fergie's song where she talks about being hungry. She's uh -huh. like, I'm not thirsty. I'm hungry. Yeah. And that was me. I was always hungry to get the next thing. Like, I wanted to get to the next level. And every next level, I had to ask for it, push for it, demand it. Like, it wasn't something a lot of people might think in a family business, like, oh, you were handed the opportunity. No, it was a hustle and grind, and I had to prove at every next level, hey, I should be sitting in this seat, and then I should be sitting in this seat. And then I would go out, and I would actually pay for my own education as well as asking the business to fund some of my education and say, look, I'm going to build some skills. You're going to benefit. I'm going to benefit. I'll pay for half of it. And so I was always investing in my self-development. Now, when you said that, because I was going to ask that question, did you get that? Okay, well, it was the family business. Your dad gave it to her. That's why she became the CEO. That's why she was able to be promoted so quickly. And you said, no, you really had to prove yourself. Because, first of all, you set the, the foundation when you said that they said that they were going to give you room and board, but they were not going to take you to your doctor's appointments. They would pay for cloth diapers, but not regular diapers. And you would have to do mostly everything to yourself on yourself, but you got food and you got the home. So that shows you there they weren't trying to handicap you. Right. Yeah. And I think part of it had to do with their own need for survival or, or to make something work. Mm -hmm. And so it was partly by design and partly out of necessity. And it's the best thing that ever happened to me. And I think that's something that's important for people because there were plenty of times along the way where I would cry and I'd be like, why can't they just give me X? Or why can't I get, you know? And in the, at the moment, I didn't appreciate it always. But now, it's, it's the reason I'm so fierce and so independent and so capable. Right. That's good. Now, in your book, you created a checklist of things one needs to succeed. And what are those checklists? What is on that checklist? I think the first thing is why. Like, what is it that you want to do? So let's say that you want to start a company. It is so important. You talked on this earlier with your show yesterday. It's about providing as much value as possible. And so if you're looking to create a product or a service, it better be from the intention of really genuinely improving somebody's life or circumstance or process or whatever it is. If it's something else in your personal life, you still got to be tapped into that why. And so for me, initially, my purpose was to not be a statistic. And then I painted a picture of what does it look like to not be a statistic. So you have to have a really strong why. I think the second thing is a capacity to learn. If you aren't obsessively learning, listening to podcasts, reading right. books, learning how to expand your network to learn from other people, and you're spending all your time on TikTok, TikTok fine. But we just need to make sure that we're setting time to constantly learn and grow our capacity to do something. Because if you either want to move up in a company 
you have to increase your value. If you want to create a business, you have to increase your value. The only way you can do that is if you're constantly learning. The third thing I would say is passion. You have to be so passionate about whatever it is that you would be willing to sacrifice, you know, lots of things. Because there's lots of things you'll be sacrificing. So, and the passion is really coming from usually a place of frustration, mm-hmm. anger, a feeling of being disadvantaged, uh, literally, you know, being set back on the starting line. Some people get to the front of the line. Other people have to start life way farther back. Let that be your fuel and your passion. It's necessary and you're going to have to tap into it. Now, let me say this because I'm glad you touched on that because that's something we need to touch on because social media. And you said if most of your time is spent (laughs) on TikTok and you're creating TikTok because, you know, people are getting paid to do social media and that nature. But a Mm -hmm. lot of our times we you said you have to make yourself valuable and necessary to any organization that you're a part of. And if you're not sharpening your skills, then anybody can do what you do. And so you're saying that mm-hmm. you need to spend more time on social, not on social media, but maybe with learning podcasts. Somebody uh, posted the other day and asked the question, what do you do to inspire yourself? And I said, I listen to podcasts that are inspirational mm-hmm. and beneficial. And back in the day when I thought I had all the time in the world, you probably were looking at entertainment and there's nothing wrong with entertainment, but you have to know how to limit that. And is it going to help you, endeavors? So how does mm-hmm. one become disciplined in that area to keep their focus on what they need to keep their focus on? So I learned this little trick from Tony Robbins because I have four kids. And at the time when I was really getting into this and developing myself, mm-hmm. I was running uh, one company, but then also had sort of birthed the second company inside of the first one. So if you can imagine, I was completely maxed out every day. And I felt like, how am I supposed to get skills? So every extra minute, so if I was brushing my teeth, when I, you know, it takes me an hour to get ready in the morning, I like my morning routine. Mm-hmm. It, or if I'm driving, I'm all, during that time, Monday through Thursday, is spent listening to audiobooks, podcasts, um, and also getting caught up on what's going on in the world. It's very deliberate. I also have a morning routine that helps me get centered back and stay healthy and, you know, be in the best frame of mind to solve problems every day. Mm -hmm. So my morning is dedicated literally four hours while I'm doing other stuff to learn, to grow, to become re-inspired. Like you said, people ask you, how do you get inspired? I can't remember who said it, but they said inspirations like showering. I think it was Stephen Covey. He said inspirations like showering. You have to do it every day. You have to, like, go find it. You definitely have to go find it because to be a self-motivator is not an easy task. And so you've got to be able to be like a self-talker to motivate yourself to do the things you know yourself needs to do in order to succeed. And so did that cost you some sacrifices? Like if we don't see instant gratification or instant results, it causes some to want to just stop. What makes you keep going? As your book says, I keep going. Right. It's, it's back to the why. It's like it's putting that vision back in front of my face and reminding myself what I'm even here for in the first place. But I also want to make sure that we paint the picture right. Most days suck. Yeah. <laughs> Most <laughs> days are hard. Most days you cry about. I mean, I cried yesterday. I cried hard yesterday. 
something happened and I was like ugly crying. Like I want people to understand that there is no utopia or utopian growth path. It is you are simultaneously hurting and learning and suffering and becoming exhilarated. And on the other side, your kids are like, so what are we eating today? And you're like trying to balance both of these worlds at the same time. It's messy. It's imperfect. And the most important thing I want people to take away is that it's all about progress. If you could look at yesterday or last week or last year and go, man, I just made a different decision today that I would have made six months ago. Celebrate Mm -hmm. that progress, not the mountain of things in front of you that are like, oh my gosh, but I haven't done that yet. Because that will always be available to you. And so it's a choice to focus on the progress and celebrate that because that's going to give you more fuel than the mountain of things you wish you could get done. Now, I love that you said that because it, it was a thought that came to me the other day. I said, you know, this thing is kind of like an emotional roller coaster. And that is the truth of it, that there are days you feel like, rah, 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 I can do this. And then there's days you're like, why, why, why am I doing this? And the littlest thing can throw you off at times. But you have to keep going and you have to stay focused. And as you said, and you have to be authentic and you have to be truthful. And you can't try mm-hmm. to do it all in one day. And expect it to just happen overnight. No. Yeah, no, I might, my goal is to help, I, this is literally my mission statement for my business, is to help people crush 300 million and four ceilings over the next 30 years. My goal is 30 years out. I gave myself time. Wow. And what I mean by crushing ceilings is every 90 days, there's one to five things that you could be doing that move the needle forward. And every time you get to check one of those things off, that's a feeling crush because it's about falling in love with the process of getting all the little things done that add up to those public moments of like, oh, Mary wrote a book or she sold a company or sounds great. But there's like a million little teeny tiny things that had to happen along the way. Mm-hmm. And so I want people to fall in love with the process. When you say that, and we're talking now mind change and a mind shift. Is there now such a thing as a dead end job? I think so. I think so. I think that, you know, there are certain jobs that there is only so far you can go. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have to be conscious of that. Have you hit that feeling at that place? Or maybe you can continue to grow through an organization, but you hit a feeling because there's nowhere further for you to grow. Maybe you're in someone else's family business and the kids are always going to be the one, you know, groomed for the seat whatever. It's about being honest with where you are. And then if you want to make a change, get really clear about what that change is and make sure that you have a plan and a path towards that change. Don't just go, I'm just going to stop working here today. (laughs) Be responsible. I have made the mistake of leaving without a plan. And it was literally probably the worst year of my life. I, I wasn't suicidal, but I told my husband, I just want to go to sleep and I don't want to wake back up because I'm just exhausted. Mm. <laughs> so I had to go back to the, you know, ground zero and say, okay, that wasn't the right way to do this. So don't be responsible, especially if you have a family and understand that it takes time to start making that plan and asking good questions. What skills would I need to develop mm. to get myself out of here into the next thing and start working on that? 
I love that. I love that. Why do you think now is such a popular time for uh, new entrepreneurs to get involved? I'm sorry, what's the question again? Why, why do you think now is a popular time for people now to become entrepreneurs? I definitely think that we all have the opportunity to reprioritize what matters most, and I think everybody is spot on. I am so thrilled about the great resignation. Don't tell my business owners that, that I coach. <laughs> but I'm so excited about it because what it means is that the pendulum is swinging to the other side where organizations have to start seeing the whole person. Mm. And if they don't, start seeing the whole person and acknowledging that they're families and they have partners and they have, you know, other sides to them. They're not machines here to produce something for them so that they can get their ultimate GDP. They're humans. So I'm really glad that this is all happening right now, that everybody's looking at their own life and going, I deserve more. You absolutely deserve more. Go ask for it. What is that? What does that look like? And then give your, if you are, you know, working for someone, give them time as an entrepreneur and especially small entrepreneurial companies, that's not an easy thing to do. But if they say, I hear you, I see you, and how can we collectively work towards, you know, a better work life and, and you can stay here in this position, have that negotiation and that conversation. Give them the opportunity. Don't just leave. And then if it doesn't, you know, you don't see it going there, maybe during while they're having the opportunity to improve that, you're also sharpening your skills and considering what you might do otherwise. But I think that this, you know, COVID, all of us realizing what matters most has everybody rethinking everything. And I think that that is super healthy. I believe that as bad and as tragic as it has been, I really think that it has been a time to reprocess, rethink some things and analyze some things. And as you said, even with your employer, going back and giving them an opportunity to say, I hear you, and to make the necessary changes. And also, as you said earlier, make sure you're bringing something valuable to the table that you can have that hard conversation. Because if you've been a slacker and you, you barely working and barely doing anything, you're probably not positioning yourself well enough to go make these demands. But I think right. that the great resignation is uh, one waiter, waitress I heard on television. She said, I don't want to call it the resignation. She said, I think it's an awakening of I can get more for what I'm bringing to the table. And it's an awakening for me. And she said, and when I began to think that way, I began to get more. Mm-hmm. I love what you said, too, though. <laughs> Don't come with your hands open, like, what more can you give me if you're not giving everything you've got? Yes. What do you tell people to make sure that they're building their You said, listen, we're talking about listening to podcasts. How do they sharpen their skill set? You can't read enough books. So if you think about, you know, human consciousness, right? Yeah. I believe in a higher power, yes. in God, and in, in the universe. I believe that there is this level of information available to us called human consciousness. It's all of the things that have, you know, have happened before, lessons that have been learned. So I believe there's that, like, energetically. Yes. The next best version of that, of everything that's ever happened and lessons you can learn, is a little thing we call books. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's everything that everyone's learned before you. And it's, and it's from different perspectives, and it's from different walks of life. 
if I cannot sit down and read a physical book, I wrote one and then I immediately said, we got to get this on audio because I will fall asleep if I read my own book. Hmm. So I need to hear it. And it allows me to go for a walk and read a book, right? I can do more things at once. So if you're an audio or, you know, paper book, whatever it is, start setting goals around, I want to read one book this quarter. Yeah. That's where I started was with Cheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In. And that's when I learned about getting 50-50 partnership at home. And I'm not blaming Cheryl Sandberg for my almost divorce. But the awareness, the things that got woken up inside of me, like, I need a partner at home. If I'm going to, I was 100 pounds overweight at this time in 2013. Mm -hmm. There was no me. And it was because of a book that I had this new picture of what was possible. And I started getting after it. But I only read, I think, one book that year. (laughs) And then it, you know, now it's like three books a quarter or five books or whatever. Well, you're absolutely right, because the Bible says without a vision, the people perish. And if you don't, and we don't have a vision of what a better life looks like for us, then we will just wander around as if we have all this time in the universe and the world just doing anything or trying to hit and miss this and hit and miss that. So I like that you're saying that. Who has been your greatest influence to become an entrepreneur? You know, I have to say my parents... um, so my parents were both pastors in the United Methodist Church growing up, and I think that a lot of people can relate to this. I think a lot of pastors are very entrepreneurial. Yeah. Um, and, right, they have vision. They can lead. They can inspire. It's very similar to a CEO. In fact, they probably are the CEO of their church. Yeah. So my parents decided to leave ministry at one point, but what they were always doing, what I always watched them do was grow and elevate themselves and, and try to get to the next level. And they were never satisfied with the status quo. I wasn't aware of that. I was just a kid watching their behavior and just going, I guess that's what people do, right? That mm-hmm. just was normal. So I watched them hustle and grind. And then that became sort of a part of my DNA. And, and the DNA is really looking around and constantly going, there has to be a better way. Yeah. I think this could be better. The, the other side of that coin is unrest and discontentment. And so what I have to work on is how to be present and how to be grateful for everything that I have in this moment yeah. while noticing there's that thing just over there that I'd like to get us to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you have to know the difference that that's not being greedy or discontent because I often say that, God, I'm not trying to complain, trust me. But I just think <laughs> that there be, there's something else I can get and do. And I think he puts that drive in us and that thirst in us to want more because we are capable of more. And I think that's what this pandemic was really about, to get us dissatisfied with the status quo mm-hmm. and the same old, same old, as you say. And then we, we go after it. Now the keep going, as your book says, hashtag keep going. Last and final question. How do we keep going when there are disappointments left and right, when this looks like you know, somebody started a restaurant business. You started a business right before the pandemic, and then the pandemic hits. How did you keep going? How does one keep going when there looks like it's bad news after bad news? I think the first thing is either before you start the journey, so if you haven't started it yet, or if you're in the journey, is know that you are going to get knocked down. You are going to spin your knees. You're going to get kicked in the teeth. It's going to happen. And so when it happens... It's just about looking at it going, oh, okay, there you are. Like, 
I knew this, this was going to happen at some point, right? So I guess this is what it looks like. So expect it because it's when we pretend like everything should go perfectly and then we have this ridiculous expectation of that, then we're extremely disappointed. And the disappointment is more painful than it needs to be. It's going to be uncomfortable. And you just go, I was just telling my son this yesterday, dropping him off at school. I said, what kind of day are you going to have today? And he's nine years old. And he's like, uh, I guess I'm going to have a good day. And I'm like, do you know that you can set an intention for today and you can decide at the beginning of the day that you're going to have a really great day? And then let's say that you go in and somebody says something mean to you. You can fall back on that intention that you set and you can say, yeah, but I decided I was going to have a really good day today. So I'm going to, laugh. I'm going to not let that touch me today. I think it's about mindset and just expecting the stuff to come in and then deciding what you're going to do with it. Because a lot of the events that happen in our life, we get to decide the meaning of. And so what I choose to decide when things that aren't fun happen is, okay, I'm okay. I'm learning something here. What am I learning? And acknowledging this sucks. This is uncomfortable. I don't like this. Just accept it and then say, okay, but what am I going to do with this? And also give yourself some grace and understand that this is just a moment in time. There will be other things. And like today, your problem might be a $500 problem, and that seems overwhelming. But if you continue to climb up and, and growing, that next problem is going to be a $5,000 problem. And then you're going to learn how to overcome that. And the next problem is going to be a $50,000 problem. Wow. And then you're going to learn how to overcome that. Wow. wow. It's just acknowledging that this is all a part of the journey. There's no destination. I guess this is a part of it. What can I do to enjoy or get the most out of this, you know, event? When you said that, it, it, it reminded me of something Joyce Myers once said. She said she remembered when they had to believe God for a chicken just to be able to get a chicken to go to the grocery store and bring it home for dinner. And now they had to grow into that and they had to believe God for a $5,000 budget and then believe God for a $20,000 budget, then a hundreds and thousands of dollar budget. So as you said, when you're in ministry, business, or whatever you're doing, it's going to take a process and it's going to go from one level to the next level to the next level. So I like when you said that. Let's talk real quickly before you go about leveraging relationships and starting businesses. How important is that? It's the most important thing. You cannot do this alone. There is just so much that goes into starting a business. And so before I actually took the leap, I, I, I knew I was going to be leaving the business for a couple of years. I didn't know when. I didn't know what was the final trigger going to be. But I knew that what I needed was a network. And I had no idea what I was going to do next. But if I was going to do anything, I was going to need a network. So one of the hardest things that causes people to keep uh, from growing is their current group of family and friends. Mm. Because we are wired. Our number one human need is love. Mm -hmm. And if we start to grow away from or outside of our spouse, our family, our extended family, our peer group, they're going to start getting uncomfortable with your progress and change. And they're going to start saying things to you mm -hmm. that are going to equate to you as them pulling their love away. So they're going to say things like, oh, who do you think you are? Oh, I guess you're all bougie now. Oh, I guess you, yeah. you're too good to hang out with us because you're going to study or you're going to read instead of come out and do this other thing. Understand 
that that's a normal part of evolution. And you've got to have the next group of people who will love you and who will go, I get you. I see you. I'm on the same journey as you. You're not going to leave your family and friends behind, but your relationships will evolve and change. It's going to happen. And it's the reason why most people don't break through that feeling because that's so painful and they don't have that next group of people to go, it's okay. Come over here. We get you, we see you, we support you. And eventually your family will too. But that's a, that's a big transition and you need a network to kind of help carry you through that. I like what you said that because there is an in-between time there because it does look like betrayal when you evolve and when there are uh, other things that you need. Maybe you needed this in one season and now you kept evolving and you need something else in the next season. And to some that may not be understanding of that, it looks like betrayal. And what we can't do or what the entrepreneur can't do or the person that is striving to, to do more is get stuck in that because your conscience will make you feel bad like I'm betraying them. But in actuality, you said it's going to happen and you're going to need that tribe of people who understand you in all facets of your life because we all change from period to period, right? Right. Even as it relates to what business, because when you talk about business and business is growing, maybe you've made cookies in your home and you were doing excellent and you had your children helping you with the cookies and now you've gotten major orders and now you have a storefront and now you need to not use your children, but you need to hire employees. Your children could get mad like we were good enough when you were at the house. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. how do we deal with that, man? Because that that happens. Well, so, and that I'll lean on to my uh, EOS. So my day job is as an EOS implementer, which is, it stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And it's just a system that people can run their business on. It's designed for people that have between 10 and 250 employees. Even if you only have two employees or five employees, it can work. But the accountability chart is what we use to say, these are the things that have to get done in the business. You have to have these five things, these five skill sets. And it removes, and this is actually what helped me leave was the EOS process because it becomes very black and white. What does the company need and can you do it? Right. Because this is a business. And it's really hard to be that black and white with family. And so having something else that you can point to that says, look, we're all looking at this. It's this transparent that we need someone who has this skill set, this skill set, this skill set. So then the next question for the family member, if it's a family member, is, do we have the runway for you to level up into those skill sets for six months or nine months? If we don't, and we need it yesterday because we're opening a storefront and, mm. you know, we need someone who has real experience with doing, you know, X, Y, or Z, this is nothing personal over here on paper, black and white. This is what the business needs. Let's see if there's another seat for you. If there isn't, let's see where you're going to go next. And what can I do to help you get there? And it seems so insensitive and, and unkind. But the reality is, is that if you put someone in a seat and they're not qualified for that seat or the seat outgrows them, yeah. they're not having a good time either. And so the tough conversation just needs to happen. It's hard. So if you can put this, like you were talking about earlier, like things that are hard mm. or, you know, what do you do when you get knocked down? In my opinion, this is not far off from getting knocked down. Having to tell your son or daughter or cousin or sister-in-law, look, the seat is outgrowing you. Here are the five things you need to do to either level up and we'll give you nine months to do it, or we're going to have to figure something else out. 
the hardest part about this is it almost always will change the relationship yeah. forever. There's, I don't, I haven't found a way to get around that. Yeah. And so when you bring people into your business, if you're going to bring your spouse in or your kids in, be transparent out of the gate. This is what we need right now. This could change. And if, if, if we start being successful and this seed outgrows you, and it could outgrow me. As, yeah. and there's a lot of cases where you see founders where businesses outgrow the founder. This yeah. can happen to any of us. We have to be clear about do we want the business to, to thrive and continue growing that way? And if so, are we willing to do what it takes? Or we might just be content with keeping it at this size. That's okay too. It's just being clear about what is it that you're hoping to accomplish with this business. Have that, you know, it's begin with the end in mind. What is it that you want? And then, you know, how are you going to get there? Man, that's incredible advice. Are you a business coach as well? Yes. Yeah, so that's my, my I use in air quotes, but that's my day job. So I'm what's called a DOS implementer. So I coach businesses on how to set a vision for their business, how to get every single person in the organization aligned behind that business, and then creating, you know, real discipline and accountability to get them there. So that's my day job. And then hashtag keep going and helping people with their lives, doing almost the same thing for their lives that I'm talking about with their business. That I'm, I think I can't decide which one I'm more passionate about. I love them both so much. Well, it's amazing. And we got so many people listening all over the world. How do they contact you if they want to bring you in for their business? And also, how do they get this new book? Hashtag keep going. The best thing you can do to, to get any of those things or connect with me on social, just go to my website. I have a weird name. There's only one of me. So it's Mary, which is M-A-R-I. And then my last name is Taupinas, which is T-A-U-T-I-M-E-S. So it's marytaukemus.com. But if you just put it Mary T-A-U with an I, Mary, M-A-R-I-T-A-U, you'll find me. The way I pronounced your name, I said T-A-L slash team slash ass so I can get it right. Taukemus. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so you got it. I want to make sure I get it right. One more time, what is that website again? It's marytaukemus.com. And how do they spell that so they make sure they can get that? Mary yep, Taupe. it's M-A-R-I-T-A-U-T-I-M-E-S.com. So it looks like cow time. Mary, this has been an enjoyable conversation. I thank you so much for talking to us. And we would like to have you back on uh, one day in the future because I believe this is good information and we need to let these young entrepreneurs know and people who are ready to make that big resignation and make another move, they need to be inspired. And they need to know that yeah. it can happen, even if you're 15 years old and a single mom. Absolutely. Gary, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. All right. You have a great day. Thanks. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.